I think you could reinvent Toastmasters. Um, like, I feel like this is a business I could start if I wanted to, which is like Toastmasters, I think, can be modernized. Like, you don't have to have the oversized suit. You don't need the, like, in-person meetups. Like, I wrote Discord Toastmasters. Like, I think you could do this whole thing in Zoom or Discord. Like, I think you just have people get into little chapters, practice this stuff, make, you know, they kind of meet people, they kind of learn some techniques, and they kind of get over their stage fright around public speaking. And the local ones ladder up into, like, the state ones, and they ladder up into, like, the national ones. And some people compete at it. Um, And you get your certificate after going through the program. And it's, like, kind of a course. It's kind of a church. And it's kind of like a self-help seminar. Um, That, I think, could be recreated in a modern way using Discord. That's my idea. React to that. All right, what up? It's my first million. It's a podcast that will change your goddamn life. <laughs> if you like your life, unsubscribe right now because it ain't staying the same by the end of this. Listen to that again. <laughs> That's a good uh, tagline. <laughs> all right. Um, by the way, I think of all these amazing intros when we're not here uh, on the pod, and then I totally forget to do them. Like last night, I was like, I was doing this little train sound to my daughter and I'm, I was like, dude, I'm freakishly good at making this train sound. I am like the best at doing this fake train. I was like, I got to show Sam. I'm just going to start the podcast. Be like, Sam, you want to hear a train sound? And then I'm going to do it. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. That's not good. This is the stupidest shit ever. Uh, so yeah, Why does anyone listen Chill? to this? <laughs> a great cold open. <laughs> uh, all right, dude, talk to me about this dude who emailed us, this guy. Who's this guy? All right, so so Jonathan was like, hey, you guys got to announce the winners for the clip contest, and I don't know who they are, but he's going to help us do it. Is it, uh, Jonathan, is it this guy, Dylan, or can I tell a separate story about this guy? I, I don't know who Dylan is. Okay, all right. So this guy is a winner in my heart. He may not have won the contest, but I'm going to find a way to like employ this person because he's amazing. So this guy reaches out. Um, I'm just going to read you the cold email because it was too good. He goes, it's like a wrong. ransom I letter. Clicked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I felt a little unsafe when I read this. It goes, I've clipped every MFM YouTube pod that has been released. Just all business straight to the end. Then he goes, hey, Sam and Sean. Then all, again, and all bold. I've clipped every MFM podcast episode you've ever released. I'm 22, unemployed. I'm moving to Israel next month, and I have nothing to lose. Just kidding. He didn't have that nothing to lose part, but that shit would have been a little dangerous. Um, He says, I have nothing but 7K in savings. To avoid getting a job in Israel, I figured I'd clip clip all of your podcasts, and either A, you'll, you'll buy my clips channel, or B, you'll hire me to do this for you full time. You keep saying that you want to grow your YouTube channel, but you're not, you're simply not putting on enough content. Let me explain. YouTube shorts, short viewers are addicted to crack cocaine. YouTube wants to give viewers as much crack cocaine as possible to keep them addicted to YouTube. Your content is the crack cocaine. And crack cocaine addicts don't care about quality. They care about quantity, the amount of crack. And then he goes, uh, here's what you're going to do. You're going to use YouTube shorts to drive people to your main channel. Your main content is is quality. Your shorts are going to be quality. Hire a dog parentheses me which is just <laughs> incredible. just an incredible way to start a sentence hire a dog parentheses me to pump out 100 shorts a day get an average of 600,000 new monthly viewers that will come from the youtube discovery feed what's and then he goes this is the ransom letter part he goes 
what's 600,000 new monthly viewers worth to you? Question mark. Your dog, Dylan. That's right, Dylan. You are my dog, man. This is amazing. This is an amazing email. Spoke straight to my heart. I, I emailed them. I, I, did you? I replied separately. Did you? No, I just forwarded it to everybody. I forwarded it to my whole team. I was like, this guy's a dog. And then we, and then he put a clip in there. He goes, here's an unlisted video from the account to prove it's me. And then you watch it and he's talking and he sounds normal and he's cool and he's interesting. And I was like, I freaking love this guy. I know. I emailed him. I was like, hey, um, I, I'm going to send your stuff to HubSpot and they could decide what they want to do with this. But like, can I hire you to do stuff? Because you yeah. told me you hired this content person. And I was like, I, I probably need, I've kind of been sucking to my personal shit. Maybe I should hire this guy. And I emailed them. So I, I'm definitely going to talk to him. Uh, he, this was a really good email. I ignore yeah, so just about every single email. But this Me one too. I replied. So, and I was like, so I'm Dylan, in. I haven't replied yet, but you're going to get something from both of us or one of us. I don't know. Um, Jonathan, you had some more logistical things to say about who actually won the contest. Who who won the contest? So we do a contest. How did this guy not win, by the way? Wait, and well, let's say, so we do a contest where we give 5,000. So basically, we have like these full episodes on YouTube. People go there, they clop, uh, clip them up, and they post them on TikTok and Instagram, whatever. They use our hashtag, and we just are going to select people, and we give them five grand. But go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, so you select, we select one person who has the most views, period. And then the other one is just the person of our choosing. So Dylan, you are the lucky winner, it sounds like. Uh, but the actual <laughs> winner was just some dude who created a, a TikTok with Neil Patel. And it said, like, this billionaire spins... 180k, which is not even true because he's not a billionaire. Uh, so that is the other winner. That person's channel is called. How many views did that get? That thing has two over mil. a million views, I think. Two, two million, million views. views. Yeah, my clip. first, my first mil clip. How do these so. like? There's so many kids that are doing this. They put on TikTok. How how do they get so many views? Well, this guy is a genius because he took he took the right clip, right? So he took a clip of some guy saying how much he spends, which is going to go viral because people get mad about it. Um, people get mad when they hear somebody spending so much money and talking about it so casually because he also says in the clip, you know, I'm not rich, but uh, blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, yeah, you're not rich, bro. You spend 180K a month and they like go off. And so the, that little thing is like a trigger. And the, it's like, oh, watch this. I'll trigger everybody right now with this one little clip. So I think that's what worked. Also in the comments, he was smart because somebody would comment and be like, who is this guy? Or the, uh, And he'd, he'd reply, founder of Google? Question mark, question mark. Like the, the, the guy. So he's intensely replying the wrong thing. And everyone's like, dude, that's not the founder of Google. So all of a sudden the algorithm's like, mm, yes, comments, <laughs> more, more comments. And so he would just reply like, um, like nonsense <laughs> shit to people's comments. And then people would be like, you're wrong, dude. You're so wrong. He's like, yes, but I'm about to win this five grand off this two million view clip. <laughs> so, you know, congrats. But also, guys, I feel like we should right now. They're all making their own handles like MF, MFM clip, you know, million clip boys. And like they all have their own little handle. Like, shouldn't we get these people? It's only like, I don't know, 10 people who are really good at this. Like, could we get them behind like our actual clips channel and be like, whoever within this channel gets the most views, gets the, the bounty for but the month. How do you do that? You just you're gonna give the password and login to ten different people and just say like fight. Yeah, it's yeah. like you just like we're it's like uh, we're just gonna throw like one you're, sword you're, you into a ring of ten you people. Seen a, a cockfighting uh, event. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. I'm uh, can, can we? Is that able to be pulled off? Like, can you? How do you know whose is whose? But they tell like put them in a Slack and give them all the login, and then when they post, it's like they have to say I posted X, 
And then you're like, all right, cool. Jump up, put it in the spreadsheet, which one you posted, and then we'll keep track. Can we do that? That actually, that's great. Let's just do that. It'll right. also make it easier for all of them because then that account will have more content. So then all of them will benefit from the additional algorithm juice. The followers that builds up will all be aggregated and we will own the channel in the end, which is helpful to us. And so I feel like that's a better way to go. Sounds like Dylan's the dog. So we just put Dylan to work and he should be able to. Oh, Dylan, you know, like in, in any good, uh, you know, like cockfight, uh, you know, two chickens or roosters or whatever fighting each other. It's like there's the one who's got like one eye. He's been through like 100 fights and he's still here. So that's Dylan, the dog. And every new challenger kind of comes in and he kind of wrangles them and, and you know keeps them all together. That's how I'm viewing this. I'm, I'm, I'm about it. Anyone that calls himself a dog, I think is pretty cool. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a simple man with simple tastes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, well, I only know like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but he's cool to me. So this guy, Dylan the dog, is is the we're two for two for cool dogs. <laughs> Your uh, name's got an alliteration. Sweet, I'm in. <laughs> Say no more. Where do we go from here? All right. Um. Well, let's talk about this content remixer thing. So I posted this on Twitter. I think this is kind of what you were talking about. I was like, hey, man, I produce a bunch of content, but like I'm kind of lazy with the follow up. So, you know, I'll produce the content of this podcast. But as soon as we like literally the podcast ends with usually you say, all right, we're done. That's the episode. And then literally it's usually like one second later. I'm like, I realize how hungry I am. I'm like. I'm going to go eat. Bye. And then we like, don't talk again until the next, you know, dude. I don't recording. even know. I just I had to like you and I recorded today's Wednesday recorded on Monday. I like messaged Ben on Tuesday. I'm like, why aren't the episodes out? And he goes like, uh, because we release it like next week. I'm like, we do since when <laughs> it's like always <laughs> last February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know how this podcast goes on the internet. So yeah, we're even when I almost never, or like the other day I like clicked it in the, in the app and I was like, Oh man, like this description is horribly out of date in this title and this intro. And I like sent Ben all these notes and he's probably like, dude, we've been doing it this way for like, if you had a problem with this, why didn't you say anything for the last nine months? And it's like, I don't know. I never listen. I never click it. Like yeah. I'm here for the live show. I don't, I don't go to it after the fact. Uh, it takes up a lot of space on my phone. In fact, I delete all the episodes. And so, you know, I'm not really the, the, the right listener, but anyways, long story short, I, put out this tweet. I said, Hey, I want to hire a content remixer. Basically I put out content on a podcast or my, our newsletter for milk road, but that's content that could live, that could be turned into tweets, turned into LinkedIn posts. And like, it seems like that's what smart people do. They like cross post their shit at other places. Like we're, we're doing contests so that somebody else will take our clips and put it on TikTok. Um, so this is this idea of content remixing. And I got a bunch of people interested, which was great. I hired one guy, this guy, Brandon, and he started with me this week and he's already putting out like already this week, I'm going to put out more content than I did like the last six months because he's like, all he's doing is taking the best stuff we've already done and just like packaging it into smaller nuggets that can go on all these different Which places. channel? So like, for example, I'm adding a newsletter send once a week. That's just going to take the three best ideas or topics we talked about on the pod. I'm just going to compile them into that. Uh, Cause I know those people, like people who are on my newsletter, they would like this content summarized um, and maybe even fleshed out, right? Because the podcast is very off the cuff. So sometimes you could kind of trim the fat and do a little extra research, add a little data um, and make it even better. And so just take the three best things we talked about. So he's doing that for Milk Road. He's putting we put it on LinkedIn. We put it on Twitter. It's like, OK, cool. So there's this idea of content remixing. And as I was doing it, I saw a bunch of other people were like, hey, 
if you find anyone good, I would happily pay for this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm already like, you know, up to my ears in like how much content I'm willing to create. And like, I would love it if somebody just took my stuff and repurposed it for other platforms. Who's an example of someone who reached out? So, um, oh God, who's their names? So I'll show you. Uh, actually the guy who used to work for you, Alex Garcia, I think is his name. Yeah. 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 Um, so he had tweeted out something very similar. He's like, you got to recycle your content. Um, and a bunch of people had replied into that as well. Um, so that's, that's where I had seen, oh, wow. There's like, I'm not just getting emails about it, but like people publicly were also like, I would, uh, I would pay for this if you had this, uh, here we go. So, uh, this guy, I don't know how you say his name. Kai, Kai, hi. I don't know. He's got this famous blog, radreads.co. Yeah. 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 How do you say this guy's name? I don't know. It's one of those words that I have only read on paper and I'm too embarrassed to say it out loud. So he's probably got like, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands, a hundred thousand subscribers. He goes, he goes, man, how would I find train and manage this person? Like, let me know if you find it. Another guy, KP says, dude, this is so true. I need one for my newsletter. Another person comes in and they're like, um, I forget who it was like somebody who's into like kind of buying businesses space. And they were like, yeah, I would kill for one of these. And so I started thinking like, actually I've been noticing there's these like niche agencies that people create that are like this like productized service. So it's a service that they turn into like, Hey, you need an exec assistant. Like just come to us. We have vetted trained exec assistants that we will assign to you. And we'll kind of manage that relationship and make sure that you, you learn how to use them and they provide great service to you. And you're not like, you don't have to find them. You don't have to train them. You don't have to worry about quality control. And so like, I think Athena is one of those that's, it's like big in the like tech circles. Uh, our buddy Jack, I think, uses one of theirs. We yeah, talked about and, the and we have like a, away. Our friend Sh- uh, Marshall does Shepherd. Is it called Shepherd? Yeah, support Shepherd. Support. Yeah, and they like scale pretty quickly. Um, it's just a like, service based business. It's very straightforward. My buddy uh, Jesse Puji, he did one called Growth Assistant. It's pretty dope. Basically, it's like, hey, there's people like in the Philippines that are really good at like managing your Facebook ads, reporting data in Excel like every day. Um, you know, like going and updating your SEO tags and shit like that, like all these like little things that help your business grow. So he took the idea of like a VA or a, an executive assistant. And he just rebranded it as a growth assistant. And specifically, they know how to do tasks that are related to growth. Um, like, oh, I'll go get a transcript made and then I'll format it. I'll post it on your blog or I'll, I'll Dude, do what I'll look up your analytics and post it to you in Slack every morning. You and I have a friend and they make a million dollars a year, $80,000 a month ghostwriting tweets for other for like popular people not popular people but like business people uh writing other people's tweets and using his uh handle to click like on the tweets that amazing. they write so it gets traction <laughs> and amazing he was this person was telling me about this and i was like a that's awesome and b like if you wanted to and actually scale this into something that could potentially make like four five six million dollars a year I think you could do, I mean, it's just, an, it's just a boring agency. It's not like that cool, but I think you could just do like a Twitter ghostwriting service. I don't actually know how you would do it because um, this person who I mentioned, they do have some help overseas and I don't actually know, how would you do it? How do you teach, how do you teach someone in the Philippines to do this? I think you could teach it, but the hard part is like, if you're ghostwriting for somebody else, like again, you need the source content from somewhere. Right. Like that the thought has to be somewhere. So anybody could write the tweet once you have the thought. Like, for example, you did this with that. What's his name? The hockey player you helped like go Chris. super viral like five times. Uh, Chris. So Chris Pronger. He had but the, dude, that was he, like the easiest thing because I'm like, 
well, you're like you've made over a hundred million dollars in the NHL. Like this is the easiest thing ever. It's right. like so you, it's you, like you it's sussed like a, out it's like that a, this is an interesting story. Yeah, well, it's like a hot chick asking like for dating advice. It's like, oh, I mean, this is like like <laughs> this is the easiest game on earth, right? You know hey, what I mean? You got Instagram tips for me? It's like, yeah, um, <laughs> like move the camera down three inches. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the easiest. You know what I mean? Like they, he, he had the goods. You know, uh, like yeah, it was easy. That's a, that's an easy game. I don't know how you would do that though for someone who's just a computer nerd. Well, I think people do it for companies, right? I think that's where he, that's where that that friend is doing it. They they basically take companies. I think that they invest in and then they upsell them this service for their company content. I think that's the for model the, for the uh, uh, like the CEOs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they they kind of whatever. I don't know, but, but I'm interested in these like productized service agencies. I think they can do well. I bet you. I, I I'm I don't want to do this. So like you know, feel free to steal my idea of like content remixers. Um, there's all this already exists for like you know we cut clips of your YouTube videos. I'm not saying this doesn't exist. I'm just saying, dude, a lot I'm of people sure do this for, could be successful. A lot of people are doing this right now for clips. So you and I know a couple people like that guy Michael who uh, you yeah. met with the other day, and then uh, what was the guy's names who we hired like two years ago to do Dylan it? Dylan and Henry. Yeah. Yes, uh, and that's like fine. I think text is way easier, like way easier. Like right, like, and I, the market is better because podcasters are not a good market to sell to. They don't have for money. This type of stuff. They're not making any money off this. Right. Um, so you need to go for somebody who already has money and just has a shortage of time. Um, and for them, words that bring them attention becomes, uh, you know, becomes more money, right? Like how that's, much, that's the trick. How much did you pay this guy? Uh, you probably don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say. I already his, said his name. But, but you know, whatever. Right. It's a reasonable amount. So, uh, but, uh, but I would say if you want to see kind of how these work, that guy, Jesse, um, Jesse Puji on Twitter, he tweets out the numbers behind his agency every like month or two. And so like they're now up to 500, I think 500,000 a month in monthly recurring revenue. Um, 400 or 500,000. There's a woman named Adrian who actually runs the company. So he had the idea. He had a friend or somebody he had worked with in the past named Adrian. She start actually like is the CEO of that company and it's and, called and, growth assistant and growth assistant basically just means like they fill out, they, they just, they fill out like spreadsheets. It's kind of like all the little junior growth hacky assistant stuff. So like, I'll tell you how we use it for e-com, right. Uh, or like, we don't use them, but like, here's what I would do. I, I kind of like, this is, this is for somebody who's not as experienced maybe. Cause like I already had people like this set up. So I didn't need to pay the additional like fee that you, you know, you have to pay this management company. Right. But, uh, basically I'm like, Hey, every day you go put, you go take all the, uh, these five KPIs from our, uh, Facebook ads, Google ads, and, um, Shopify, you put them in this spreadsheet, you color code it. And then you take a screenshot, you put that in Slack. Cause I want to wake up in the morning and I want to see our numbers color coded and I want to be able to comment on it and take action. I don't want to spend the hour right. like digging through and updating this dashboard. And then secondly, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Every week I want you to go take the top sellers. I want you to reorganize the store based on these rules. And it's like, I'm sure there's some software app that can kind of do this, but like for, for every business, there's all these little nuanced, you know, like sort of like duct tape together things that you do that just make yeah. it work a little better. But anything that's repetitive and anything you don't enjoy, you want to delegate. And so you delegate that to a growth assistant. You teach them how to do this. Like we do it with influencer outreach too. Like go on, go to this tool, find influencers who, who, who match this criteria, reach out with this pitch. Here's the follow-up sequence I help craft with you. And then like every time they, they post something, put it in this Google drive photo so that my ads team can use it. Right. Like it's like super, it's like a pipeline, you know, of, of, of organization. Do you, can you tell me about this D2C SodaStream competitor thing? 
Yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. So I got a soda stream. You probably already have one or have seen Dude, one. Dude, like so listen, listen, listen what I have. I have a soda stream, okay? And then as a gift, I was gifted this thing. So a soda stream is basically uh, a canister. It's this thing, whatever, but you buy like the, you have to buy like a $30 canister at the rate I was going like every uh, two or three weeks because I, I use it a ton. Right. That's like all I drink. And it's like 30 bucks. So what I did was I went to a scuba store and I bought a huge a <laughs> a scuba tank. tank. And it's you can, if you go to my TikTok, you can see it. I bought this huge scuba tank and that cost uh, like $30. Uh, and I filled it up with uh, CO2 or whatever it is. And that's what I've been using to, to drink uh, for my soda stream. And it's the greatest thing ever. You like I just bought this like this like this like attachment so I could... Uh, uh, use it. It's pretty amazing. That's hilarious, dude. Uh, yeah. So I just got one. Um, and I used to laugh and be like, Oh, nice homebrew you're doing for your water. Like, geez, you know, like, like, could you pick a more boring hobby than like bubbling your own like water at home? Dude, and check, check, check the link that I sent you in the Slack or in the, um, in the, in the Riverside chat. Uh, okay. Let's see. Is this your, okay. It's a TikTok of your, uh, Oh my God, this is hilarious. It's a giant scuba tank on the ground <laughs> hooked up, wired to your soda stream. Is this not going to be like too high powered? It's makes it's very high powered. I like, I like a, what I say at home is I want my bubbles to be aggressive. I want, <laughs> I want, I want, I want. I really thought your quote there was going to be cooler. <laughs> yeah. <You're> like that. <laughs> I say at home, I, I, I always tell people I like my water bubbly. <laughs> Bro, I yeah, needed I something more epic. <laughs> yeah, but I do like aggressive bubbles, like you know, Topo Chico. I want it like how it burns so good. That's what I want. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and that's what I want. So anyway, I did that. I bought like a piece for it for like ten dollars. Like it converts a scuba tank into a canister for to uh, for these soda streams. This soda stream business. Do you know that it's like a multi billion dollar product? Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna bring up. So I when I bought this, I was like. I was like, this is a great idea. You know, I'm buying tons of LaCroix and stuff like that. It's kind of annoying. Go lug these heavy can things. I was like, actually, this does make sense to do at home. And the product is slick. You don't plug it. In. Like I thought, oh, I'm gonna have to like connect this to my water line or something like that. It's like, no, it's like just sits on your counter. No attachments. It's like fucking hands free, wireless, Bluetooth. Got it. It's like an AirPod, basically. And you put the bottle in, you pump it three times. You feel like you feel like you did it. So you get this like sense of accomplishment. And then yeah. you get the fresh sparkling water and it's awesome. And it's not even flavored, but it's fine. And uh, my daughter loves making it with me. It's like a whole activity. I can like, if she's crying, I'm like, you want to go make some spicy water? And she's like, yes. And so then we go and do it. And so I'm like, all right, this is an amazing thing. I go look it up. I'm like, you know, I think this soda stream could be big. And then I'm like, of course, I'm the idiot. I go Google. It's like it's sold for $3 billion. Like, I don't know, five years ago or something like that. Like it's owned by they, Pepsi. I think they probably do a billion in revenue. Like, they, I'm pretty they, sure. It's, right before they sold, they were at 900 something million in re annual revenue. And then they sold and like you haven't heard numbers since. And like, I'm sure it's over a billion dollars now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. That, so there's two businesses in this space that I was shocked at how big they are. And one was SodaStream. I think it's an Israeli company, correct? Like I'm just, this is off memory. I don't remember exactly. Yes, I believe so. It's yeah. an Israeli company that has been around for a bit and they killed it. Them, and you know what else is just a behemoth is Keurig, Keurig coffee. Uh, I think right. Keurig coffee makes uh, like five or 10 or something crazy billion dollars a year in revenue. And it's been parlayed into a holding company 
uh, that they buy all types of other stuff. Right. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, the other one that's like this that I thought you were going to say is, what's the name of the one that was in Offices? And Bevy? I think, this is a, I think it's Bevy, yeah. B-E-V-Y or I, I'm not sure exactly which one. Um, that was a multi-hundred million, maybe a billion dollar company also. And basically it was like, hey, fancy water fountain for your office. Like, you can bring your water bottle to this. You can uh, just take a cup. It could do bubbling. It could do flat. It could do warm. And it's like, all right, that's cool. That's better than like, and they, I think they give you the machine for free and then you got to like just pay for the canisters over time, right? So, it's the same like razor blade model. I'm like a big soda guy, like to the point of sometimes I go, when I lived in San Francisco, I used to go to this movie theater nearby because they had a freestyle Coke machine that you could use without buying a ticket to the movie. So I would, I would always walk there just to get a cherry vanilla Coke Zero out of the soda machine, the freestyle machine. You know, you know those machines? Of course, of course. They're the best. So I try to buy one and... You can't. You can't buy a. You can't buy one of those machines. You have to lease it, and their terms it's like a lifetime lease. So you have to spend like I think like two hundred dollars a month, and you have to be willing to sign like this crazy agreement. And then they have to come every month to refill the thing. It was a pain in the ass. I was like, dude, I just want like a like a. I want like a Coke fountain. Like this seems like pretty easy. Just let me give you money and have it. And, they, and you you <laughs> couldn't you couldn't do it. So these bevy machines, I'm all about. I think they're amazing. And the soda, the soda stream, I think is also amazing. I, I have one and I use it all the time too. But I, I hate and going I, to Bed Bath & Beyond and buying those stupid ass containers. Right. And so I think that there there are, but I think that they're, you, I'm sure some of these are successful. But basically I saw it and I was like, this would make for a really interesting DDC product because I think you could, this has the makings of what would make a really good DDC product. And then I found one that was like really well designed. I can't find the name of it right now. It's like Cell Neck or some Cell Deck or something. I don't know what it was. Something like that. But basically, SodaStream competitor, but you just say, all right, these guys are selling through Target and whatever. How can I do the normal DTC playbook, right? Get the logo, lowercase, pastel fonts, send it to some influencers, create a juicy offer that's like, you know, you can get the machine for like, just pay for shipping and I'll send you the machine. And then like, now you're on the hook for this subscription of like cartridges. Um, Someone, you know, like someone's been reading the Alex Hermosi book. Make it small, make it big, do something to like make it add a twist to it. But damn, this thing could, uh, this thing could work. This thing could pop off. So I don't know. DTC SodaStream competitor. I think that's like a hundred million dollar plus idea. Yeah, that's an easy one. What else do you want to do? Um, all right, let me give you another thing that I think is kind of cool. So I started teaching my course this week, and um, how to go? Is it bigger? You know, I make it. The, the I make previous? it look easy, bro. I make it look easy. I heard well, people showed up shirtless. Yeah, there's multiple people who just come to the class without the shirt on. And I'm like, bold, bold choice. <laughs> um, make yourself at home. And, uh, you know, they're all like ripped. So like, you know, it's not like, like we do have a line. And the line is, if you're not ripped, you put your <laughs> shirt on. <laughs> If you're not adding to the visual appeal, you're taking away from the visual appeal. And that's where my the, rule with my course. The, my class are my rules. Where the sales, where the sales, uh, how do they compare to the, is digital revenue dropping off? Highest sales ever. Um, really? For me, I thought it would be slower because like the economy's going down. I don't know why. Maybe, uh, maybe I sold it better. Maybe people just were like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah. Life is changing. You got pandemic, you got layoffs, you got all kinds of stuff. Like what if, I, you know, basically can I use a skill set here to like 
to like win in this, like, what do I need to change given that the world is like not the same as it was? I think there, there's an element of that, like it's sort of a New Year's resolution effect where when the world changes a bunch, people like assess like what's, what matters and they realize like, oh, wow, if I invested a little bit of money here, could I unlock more potential in this new path because my current path is being shaken up? And you so did it on what Maven? The, what the reason? Doing it on Maven. They've been like, they went overboard for me. It's been awesome. They're like, they're like managing my course for me and like doing a bunch of awesome, help, helpful stuff. The first session, I was like, oh shit, okay, I got to like dust off the cobwebs. I got to go perform. And right before I was like, okay, I'm going to go on. And I always work myself into a state, a state of mind. And I'm like, I'm going to, don't, I don't show up to these like cold or I don't rely on the slide deck or the material. I'm like, I got to perform. So I'm like, but, but I'm sorry, like it's 10 minutes before and I'm like, oh, I'm not in state right now. I got to get in state. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, I got to like, you know, like in NASCAR or whatever, where you pull over and like they do like the pit stop and like, like, bzz, 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 and they take off all four wheels, put new wheels on to like paint again, slap the driver in the face, like go. Like, that's basically what I did to myself. I like jumped in a cold shower and I like, t I like immediately uh, turned on this thing. I was like, I like this like YouTube video. And I was like, all right, what do I need? I was like, I was like, I think if I come out hot with a story, like I think in that first two minutes, if I just come in strong, people are going to be like, oh shit, this is going to be an, like, this is going to be different. Like, oh, this is going to be good. Cause you know, like the first impression is going to really matter. So I Googled this, like, um, I was like amazing. I don't know what I wrote, but I was like amazing, uh, start of a speech. I put that in YouTube or something. And it pops out this video from a guy who won like the Toastmasters challenge. And the guy does this, he goes, so, this is good for the YouTube viewers. Uh, maybe podcast. You're not gonna know what the hell's going on. So the guy walks out on stage, not a, not a great looking guy. Some, you know, looks like my Indian cousin from somewhere. So he, he walks out and he's like, <laughs> doesn't say a word. Stands in front of the stage. He's digging into his pocket. You don't know what he's reaching for. Pulls out a cigarette, puts it in his teeth. Gets a lighter. <laughs> trying to light the cigarette. And, and you can just hear the crowd like murmuring, like some people are laughing nervously. Some people are like, no, like you're indoors. Like, don't, don't do this. And like other people are just like, they don't know what to make of it. So already motherfucker hasn't said a word and he's commanding the room just by doing a pattern interrupt. Right. So he comes out here and he's like, and he looks at the crowd because they're all reacting at this point. And he was like in his own world. And he didn't come out there and say, hi, I'm Sean. I'm here to talk about, but no, no, he didn't go out there and grovel to the audience. He's, he's trying to light this cigarette. Then he looks like, oh, you're there. And he, he looks and he goes, what? This? No. And I was like, what? I was like, what is he doing? This is incredible. This is mind blowing. He's so he's like, in just his facial expression, he was like, oh, what? What? Am I doing something? This? No. He goes, you think this is going to kill me? Let me tell you something. You know how many people die from cigarettes every year? And I was like, he's, and nobody does the answer. He's like, whatever. Four million people die from cigarettes every year. He's like, you know how many people die from like ob obesity, from sugar? If I had brought out a cupcake and he's like, you know, nobody would have bad an eye. But I like this one little cigarette. Statistically shows that, you know, like actually the biggest variable in me getting lung cancer is my genetics and not the fact that I smoke. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, and also I made all those facts up. So, and, then he's, and then he's like, but then he's got them like in the palm of his hand. They're laughing. They're like, they're intrigued. Everybody's paying attention. Then he goes into his talk and whatever. He like starts his thing. And I was like, this is the fire I need. I turn off the video. I run out the shower. I put on a shirt and I start my, my course. And I'm like, I don't do that. I do like a completely different thing. But that just sort of like set the mood for what me. What did you so do? Anyways, 
But what did I do? Oh, I go. Um, I so I first told the story. I go. I go. You know, I'm here, but I normally don't do this. And they're like, "What do you like? You're you're teaching this course. I just paid you money. What do you mean you don't do this?" So I'm like, "I don't really do this." You know, I um, I once I wanted to watch what a, amazing was it. What does the best public speaker do? So I watched a video of Tony Robbins talking at the Dreamforce conference. Who here is from San Francisco? You know, if you're, you know, the Dreamforce conference, if you're from San Francisco, because it shuts the whole fucking city down. And you're like, why, why can't I drive? Because Salesforce is having a conference. Like they shut down the roads and people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the chat. And then I'm like, all right. And Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce goes, all right, guys, we got a special treat. The final speaker of the event. This guy's one of the best, but here's the deal. He doesn't come out to a cold room. This guy will not come out if this room is cold. He won't, and not temperature-wise. He's like, you need to have some energy. You need to be, I know it's the end of the day, but this guy won't walk out to a cold room. So get let's get the clap going. And people start clapping. And he comes out and like it's basically like he got a standing ovation before he even entered the stage. And I was like, I was like, I saw that. And I was like, hmm, new thing for me. I don't come out to a cold room. And, I, and so I like demanded that they give me a little energy. And I was like, I was like, how about we start with a story? Who's down for a story? And they're like, yeah, yeah, all right, well, give me a story. I go, and I told a story. I, I've told it on the podcast before, the, the DMV story. And basically my, my, my message to them was like, look, w- let's all be honest. Uh, 98% of courses end in what? And everybody in the chat's like, waste of money, waste of time, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so good decision. You dropped $1,000 on this course. And you know that the stats say 98% of you are going to end up with a waste of money, no results, no progress, waste of time. And I was like, Okay, but we don't, we don't, you know, we're not part of the, we don't want to be a statistic. So like, what's the right way to do this? And I told the story about like how my trainer, how he goes to the DMV and normally the DMV is like this horrible experience. And he's like, I want a five-star experience. So he decided to show up. He's like, if I want them to be a five-star hospitality experience, like the Ritz Carlton of DMVs, I'm going to show up as a five-star customer. So I'm going to walk in with a different energy into that. And then like, he, and then a bunch of good things happened. He got to skip the lines. Lady gave him the thing. He didn't have to take the test, blah, blah, blah. I, I tell a, I told the full story of that, that version. And I was basically telling them like, you're going to get out what you put in. If you show up to this, like you know, half of you are right now in the zoom, you're slouched over low energy, half checking your phone. Uh, you know, not sure if this is going to be good or bad. Like, you know, not convinced, uh, you know, you're coming in with a two-star attitude and a two-star effort. You're going to get a two-star result. And so I'm going to show you in this first session, literally how to attend a course. It has nothing to do with writing, but I'm going to teach you how to show up to a course. We don't learn this in school. I'm going to show you how to actually do this right. And then I like go through a couple of like methods. That's actually amazing. So, So you, let's talk about this course thing for a second, because it seems like you are getting a lot of energy from doing it, right? In the moment. Yes. I enjoy teaching it. I hate selling it. Fair. Okay, great. I mean, I don't think anyone really enjoys selling it, uh, but I, I think you you re- you enjoy the the act of teaching, which is good. This data is wrong every freaking time. Have you heard of HubSpot? HubSpot is a CRM platform where everything is fully integrated. Whoa, I can see the client's whole history, calls, support tickets, emails, and here's a task from three days ago I totally missed. HubSpot, grow better. So let, listen to this. What I did today is I, uh, so I've been doing this thing. I, I, I'm also going to be a little vague. I'm starting in this new thing that I'm working on. And I found uh, a company in the space that recently sold for 2.5-ish million dollars to a PE firm. And um, 
I found the, the partner at the PE firm who bought it. And today I just called them. I just picked up the phone and called them. And I go, hi, uh, what's going on? Uh, my name's Sam. Um, you, sorry, this is weird, but do you have like two minutes to talk? Do you listen to and, podcasts by chance? Well, he goes, <laughs> he, he was like, well, you're Sam Parr, right? From My First Million. I was like, fucking A, what's up? Uh, you know who I am. But, but the reason I'm calling is basically I'm starting a uh, business that's a competitor to the one that you just bought last week. And I wanted to know why you bought that company and what made it great and uh, what, <laughs> what, like, what sucked about it. Uh, he's like, whoa, you're really like coming forward. You're, you know, you're being pretty forward. I was like, yeah, well, like, here's the deal. Like, um, this is going to play out a few ways. I'm going to start this thing and it's going to fail. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, the second thing is I'm going to start something and I'm just going to like crush you guys. Um, and the third way, I start something and you eventually buy us. Um, but like, you know, uh, either way, like I'm happy to share what I'm doing and, and, and hopefully you can share what you're doing and maybe somehow we can figure out a way to, to help us. And I was like, I, I know that sounds cocky, but I, I'm sorry, but I, this is out of respect. I think you guys are actually amazing. And, uh, it was so productive. It, it, it I, like, I, like, they like I'm sorry, the- but, um, me and Dylan, we're both dogs. And so this is <laughs> a dog like me coming to a dog like you, <laughs> but this guy, he was like, uh, he said, um, he's like, yeah, you know, like I got to go tell the team that like, uh, you know, uh, someone who's d- launched businesses in the before who has some capital is going into our space. And I was in my head, I was like, I, I don't want to do this, but I was like, dude, I bet you I could sell this company to this guy right now. Now. Yeah. On the spot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think, I could, <laughs> I think just like, this brother, phone call. Um, brother, you ever heard of addition by subtraction? Because I can tell you a little something about how to get rid of competition right now. If you could do some addition on that calculator of yours, take that bad yeah. boy out. Let's come up with a number. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, am I, can I just threaten you and maybe, no, I would never do that. But it, it might, I was like, I, this might be an option. And so, well, but, the, but this tactic of calling these people, it's been very helpful. So I'll give another, I'm, I'm going to say two things. One, on the thing we were talking about earlier. All right. So this is my, uh, why it's okay to be douchey disclaimer when we're, when me and Sam are like, Oh, we're doing this thing. It's actually been easier. Like we did this and it's just worked. And I did five things that worked. And Sam's like, yeah, me and you could do something easier. I'm like, I make it look easy. I say that for three reasons. Number one, it's honest. If something is easy, I'll tell you it's easy. If something's hard, I'll tell you it's hard. I'm not going to like say what it's not just because it sounds better or worse. And uh, also the first when, when we say easy, it, it can mean simple. Like, it's not actually easy, but it's like straightforward intellectually. I know how to do it. I just have to put the effort in. It's also like um, for my personal trainer, if he sits down on a bench and there's like, I don't know, whatever, 200 pounds and he could he could bench it. It's easy for him because he's put in 15 years of hard work so that that is now easy for him. And similarly, I got my ass kicked for like nine straight years from the age of like 20 to 29 with a startup failing over and over and over again. Nothing could have felt harder during that period of time. And so that now things are rel- like you know, relatively feel much easier because I'm better now than I was three, four, five years ago uh, when I kind of sucked. Um, so that's a, that's the first part. The second reason uh, that we say it's easy is because this is a podcast and we're trying to be entertaining. The third reason that we say it, or at least that I say it is, I am tired of everybody telling everybody that like shit is so hard and like if you go anywhere on the internet, right? Like we joke about the the, the multi trillionaire mindset, like. All of the like entrepreneurship content is like how hard it is. You know, uh, Elon Musk says starting a company is like chewing glass and looking into the abyss. And, Some companies you know, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe for you, bro. But like, you know, I, I do a power writing course. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's like chewing bubble gum and looking at the pool. Like, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. So, so it's not, if, if you always hear how hard it is, you kind of have to question the source. Why do they say that? A, it makes them look more heroic. B, it keeps other people from doing it. C, it kind of justifies why I got like, why I get to be successful and rich because I'm paying this huge cost. And like, I actually subscribe to a different version of entrepreneurship, which is the way that me and a lot of our friends do things, which is like, we do it because it's fun. It's like, it's genuinely fun to do. So it's not like this painful slog. Um, that doesn't mean it's like no effort. No, it's pretty high effort. Just like playing a game or playing like pick up basketball. You're going to end up really sweaty and tired by the end, but nobody confuses pick up basketball with like digging in a sand mine to like, you know, provide for your kids. So it's like, you know, there's a difference between like, uh, enjoyable effort and painful effort. And I would say that for us, what we do is enjoyable effort. And so I think it's important for people to hear that not everything has to be hard and slow and painful. Like there is a version of doing a business that is fun and faster and, um, and, you know, enjoyable. And I just want to present both like that both exist so that you don't like pretend you don't create this fictional story in your mind that like everything has to be hard. Okay. That's my disclaimer. Did we, uh, Cross the douche line hard for sure eh, whatever I, i'm a habitual uh line stepper, line so. stepper. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> it's I mean, gonna be this line to... it's gonna be that line it's gonna be Can I, okay so i the thing i forgot to say by the way the reason I, the whole reason i went on that tangent about i make it like easy with the with the talking public speaking thing was the, the video i watched was, was from toastmasters which i find to be a very fascinating business um, and so like, I don't know if you know much about Toastmasters. I only know a tiny bit. Like, I but... don't even entirely know what it is. It's like a, it's an entity. It's like a group of meetups. What is it? Ben, Jonathan, have you guys ever gone to Toastmasters? Do you have any experience with this? Do you know anything about Toastmasters? I, I know what it is, but no, I've never been. I have no experience. with. How it. would you explain it in your words? If Sam doesn't really fully know. Uh, I think of it as a public speaking group where people who maybe don't feel comfortable public speaking go and they give little speeches to each other so that they can get comfortable with it and learn more about public speaking. And Jonathan, did you have something? Yeah, I would say it's like people who wear oversized suits who've been doing it for years or people like me <laughs> who probably went when I was like, you know, 15 and was just like trying to like get better at talking to girls or whatever. <laughs> The oversight suit thing is so spot on. Like you, you can't watch a video of this and be like, ah, oh, 36 long. You sure? <laughs> you, sure that was, you sure that was the right number? <laughs> I'm shocked like, you know what that means. I mean, do you, you don't even own a suit. I don't, but I just like, you know, I watch TV or something. So, um, <laughs> so Toastmasters is this old school thing. It gets around like the, the, one of the biggest fears people have, which is public speaking. One of the biggest desires is to be able to be a good public speaker or be comfortable speaking to strangers. And so Toastmasters, these like, it's like Alcoholics Anonymous in a way. It's like these local franchises, local meetups run by local chairs. And you go to the actual place. I think this is at least how, how this is the picture I have in my mind, uh, my mind of it. You go to the place and they kind of like teach you things, but then you also get practice in this kind of safe space with a bunch of other people who are trying to get good at this. And it's very, very useful. It's been around for like 20 years. And there's like, there's like a whole like ecosystem of people who really care about Toastmasters. I think you could reinvent Toastmasters. Um, like, I feel like this is a business I could start if I wanted to, which is like Toastmasters, I think can be modernized. Like you don't have to have the oversized suit. You don't need the like in-person meetups. Like I wrote discord Toastmasters. Like, I think you could do this whole thing in zoom or discord. Like, I think you just have people get into little chapters, practice this stuff, 
make, you know, they kind of meet people, they kind of learn some techniques and they kind of get over their stage fright around public speaking. And it, the local ones ladder up into like the state ones and they ladder up into like the national ones. And some people compete at it. Um, and you get your certificate after going through the program. And it's like kind of a course, it's kind of a church and it's kind of like a self-help a seminar. Um, that I think could be recreated in a modern way using discord. That's my idea. React to that. You want to know something interesting? So Toastmasters is a nonprofit. So all their revenue is public. Guess how much revenue they do? Um, I'm going to say 20 million a year. Wow. Not far. 36. It looks like $36 million a year in revenue. Um, and it's from membership dues and fees. So it's like a subscription revenue. Wow. What do they charge? And they've got $63 million in the bank, it looks like. Wow. <laughs> Let me manage that for you. Um, I could, uh, would you like to walk away with half that, but with a great story <laughs> to tell? Because I do Dude, have some crypto investments for you. I agree with you. I think that it, <laughs> I think it could work. Um, how many members do you think they have? I bet it's a huge number that pay a tiny amount. I feel like they have like lifetime, like 30,000 or 50,000 members of Toastmasters. Is that real or is that overkill? I can't find it on their thing, but uh, I can't find it on their, on uh, their, my favorite their type of pop quiz. <laughs> yeah. Glad you asked. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many members they have, but uh, I, I'm on board. I think this is really interesting. It's dude, Google. Have you seen their logo? You, if you think if you think of a villain from Batman, that's what their logo looks like. It's like a really old school. <laughs> yeah, like corporate international. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the yeah. name should be? <laughs> Headquarters Inc. It uh, it like <laughs> it's a clip art globe with just like a gl blue clip art globe with like you know the the corporate name wrapped around the globe. Wow, this is this is an in this is interesting. I hadn't looked at this in a minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a board. I when I've gone, I've gone to these before. They are pretty life changing. I think learning how to public speak. I always tell people this is the only class I took in college that had an impact on my life. Was uh like debate or speech class or something whatever it was called but that's like the only class i think that actually matters that i took in college so i think it's i think these things are life-changing yeah if somebody's working on this reach out to me uh i just want to know about it uh specifically do not reach out to me if you're like i'd love to talk to you about potentially i might work on this don't do that if you do it tell me and just show me a link to your thing and then let's not do a call but i'll check it out and then let's talk more that's my uh that's how I'd like to do this going forward, because I get a bunch of inbound every time I say that. And it's like not the right type. I'll give you the right type. I talked about, oh, it'd be fun to create a company like Pixar. Like maybe that's what I'll do. I feel like I could. Like, that would be amazing. And I, it'd be so much fun. Darmesh, got all, goes, Darmesh like that. Yeah, I, I like what you're about to say. You got all hot and bothered. Is that where you're going? I was with about that? to say all hot and bothered. Did he <laughs> see you what he said about a boss? <laughs> Did he see uh, someone goes, uh. Damn, Darmesh came on the pod and talked about like how he's not worried about losing $500 million. That's some real big dick energy. And he replied, I forget what he said. He goes, that's very nice of you to say that I've got BDE, but I, I, I really think it's more like uh, I've got, I, 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 I try not -E to have that energy, but I try to have SEV, small ego, what was it? Vibes. Small ego vibes. And I replied, uh, that's such a big dick energy thing to say. <laughs> 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 yeah, and awesome. he loved it. And, uh, and, and Sarah was like, uh, Sarah was like, man, Darmesh is such a great guy, but does he know that he's like, 
he needs to tell you to shut the fuck up because uh, he needs to like put you down right now because he, he's so nice and he just like puts up with all this bullshit. <laughs> no, it, it, it's great. In fact, your um, HubSpot experience is I feel like the opposite of my Twitch experience. Like you got acquired and I feel like they're like, go on, cowboy, do your thing out there. And they're like, you know, they love it. And they're like, oh, Sam, you know vaguely you know offended you know one tenth of the population today ah what a guy you know it's all good just you know he's doing his thing like and they like engage they like the podcast all the stuff where i was like i feel like when i was doing this stuff at twitch they were like um does this guy work here like why is he just on twitter and like he just leaves in the middle of the day and goes and records at a studio and like what does it have to do with anything that we do here and i feel like my twitter personality was like a constant source of annoyance for like 70% of like the management team there and 30% I think liked it or appreciated it. Like the secure people, they were just like, ah, it's cool. Yeah. Do your thing, man. It's cool. I like it. Uh, or like the thing you said was stupid. Here's why it was stupid. And we get into a debate about it and it was all good. But I feel like 70% of people were just like silently like F this guy. This guy is no good. Well, what would you have done with you? It depends. You know, um, that's a great question. That's a really great question. Cause my honest answer is I would have been like, Look, man, I get it. Uh, I like what you do. I'm like, basically, I like what you're doing, but I also feel like it's just kind of selfish. Like, you know, you're doing your thing. It doesn't really have to do with this. So there's kind of like two ways that this can go. Number one, if you're one foot out the door, let's maybe go two feet out the door. Like maybe it'll save us both some pain. Like if that's actually what you want to do, let's do it. And like, then I won't feel like, you know, I don't want to ever feel like you're not like kicking ass for us. Um, while that was the agreement, let's change the agreement. If the agreement needs to be changed, the second would be the second way I'd approach it is look, I get it. And this is what Emmett did tell me. He goes, I get it. You're not going to be here forever. I wish, I wish that you stayed forever, but I, I know your future is not going to be here. Um, so let's be honest about that. That's fine. Uh, he goes, he said to me, he goes, when you do start your next thing, I would love to invest in it. Like, cause I know you're not going to be here forever, but I like, I really like seeing how you work. I would invest in you. So that, that made me feel awesome. It made me really respect the guy. It made me re- like put down my guard in terms of that. Like, okay, I can just be honest with this person, which I think is just a great way to like manage somebody. And then the, the last part I think that I would have kind of tweaked is just like, um, let's agree that while you're here, you're going to kick ass in these ways. And here's my deal to you. You kick ass in these ways. Um, you do all these things, but as soon as you stop kicking ass, then let's have a conversation about why that happened. Cause I know that if you tried, you would do well. That means if you're not doing well, that means you've stopped trying and I'm not cool with stopping trying. Like I'm cool. If you're going to spend X percent of your energy doing this other stuff and kind of paving your future. But I need well, to know think, that at least you're going to kick ass when you're, when you are here, I need you to be fully plugged in when you are here. I mean, part of the reason was also that your like company had nothing to do with necessarily the stuff that intrigued you and interested you. Uh, my company and my job after the sale was to create content. And that's what I'm doing. And for the most part, I do it consistently. Like we're incredibly consistent and mostly ra- rarely offend people. And also, Darmash is cool as shit. So of course, I'm going to give him a hard time. <laughs> like, like, of course, I'm going to mess around with them. But everything we say is like flattering for, for him. I, at least I think it is. It's supposed to be. But uh, yeah, that's, no, that's the big difference. Your job is to build this podcast. My job was to do something else. I was building the podcast as a side thing. Like basically I would, what I would do is we, we record these at noon, 
because that's when everybody else at Twitch goes to the cafeteria to eat lunch. That's when the cafeteria opens. And I would just walk outside. Your office was right across the street and we built the studio there and I would just walk across the street. And instead of eating lunch, I would go do the podcast. And then when I got back, I would grab a bite and like take it to my desk. And like, so that's how I kind of like did it on the side. Whereas your job is to do this thing, which is quite different. Ben, um, are, is the audience going to get any types of value from this total meandering um, 12-year-old discussion? No, I don't do that. Was... You're just fishing for him to say, uh, we sucked, right, Ben? Or maybe we did. Maybe it's okay. No, Ben, give us the full, the full honest take. Don't, don't, don't compliment Sam because he put himself down. So I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a backhanded compliment. Here's the backhanded compliment. I love those. This was a good episode. <laughs> Is there an OnlyFans for this? <laughs> really, into, really into these. <laughs> um, this was a good episode. It was a good episode because the show is about business ideas. And the show is like very fun and great, but sometimes we like get away from that too much. And this had numerous good business ideas. So like the Toastmasters uh, of the future, the whatever Discord meets Toastmasters, like... That's like an actually good business idea that someone could run with or like D to C soda stream. Like, again, it's like a good business idea. So um, remix or like, agency. That's another one. Remix or agency um, kind of uh, tweets uh, as a service is not like a business idea for someone else, but like kind of could, could spark some thoughts. So it had a ton as packed of business ideas. So I think it was a good episode. Ben, you also said it was backhanded, but then you just gave us a normal for front-handed compliment. So what was that? No, because I was saying like sometimes on recent episodes we don't talk a lot about business uh, ideas. Okay, that's why this one was good. Yeah. Okay. Bit, look, like we're getting back to it. If you got three interesting business ideas out of this podcast, I will put that up against any other podcast you listen to. How many podcasts are giving you one good business idea per, <laughs> per, per hour? I, I'm dropping three with at least four to five jokes, solid chuckles. That will make, you know, the person next to you on the bus be like, what, what are you listening to? What is that? So, I mean, this podcast was phenomenal as far as I'm concerned. Hey, before we go, we did like a whole deep dive on my DM history with uh, Mr. Beast, Sean. Are we going to talk about uh, yours at all? Yeah, you know, I was going to start the pod with this, but I didn't want to, you know, like, I don't know what the etiquette is on. Is there a dialogue like, going on? Outing. Sam Parr as the only person on this podcast that is not <laughs> friends with Mr. Beast. And like, you know, I know that for some people it's like, it's your choice. It's your body, your choice. Do you want to disclose that, Sam? But now that oh we're here, after we recorded the pod about Ben getting a call from a DM and call from Mr. Beast, that episode is not even out yet. I checked my DMs yesterday. Look who's here, Mr. Beast. And he's talking about something else. And I just thought to myself, I was pretty happy that it was Mr. Beast, but I was only more happy that I thought, oh my God, this means Sam is the only one of us that didn't get one. And I got, I was over the moon. So, um, did, that's, did, uh, that's what is there, is there a dialogue going on? There's a dialogue, bro. This, I'm saying words. He's saying words. I'm sending memes. He's sending memes. Actually, it's just me sending the memes, but I'm trying to get a laugh. And uh, yeah, it's happening. We are full-fledged, hot and heavy conversation. I hate you, Mr. Beast. Good. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and Ben, don't tell me if you told him to DM me. Like, just don't tell me that. I need to feel like I did this. 
But I'm gonna put earmuffs on, and you say if you told him. Well, Ben, Ben, I I told him. Listen, there's these cool guys that I mentor who I who I help <laughs> out every now and then, and uh, you should. I think they would really like it. It would like make their lives if you could reach out and like maybe tell them happy birthday or something like that. So like, I think that's why he reached out. Like a Make a Wish like, Foundation. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I do it with these two guys. They're a little off. But They're like my it kid would brother. mean the world to you to them <laughs> <laughs> if you would just accidentally you know, send him a word and DM. Do you, uh, can we get him on here? You think? I brought it up. He didn't bite the first time I brought it up, but now that Sean's DMing with him, I bet I bet it does happen at some point. Well, Ben, yeah. you got a but, little kid. You know when you feed a kid, they don't always bite, but if they don't spit it out either, we say okay. Tomorrow, the airplane's coming in again with the mac and cheese, and we'll try again tomorrow. I don't know where we go. All right, I guess that's it. (laughs) 